because keep in mind, some of the lead gen is also lead follow-up. So once you make that, that connection or have that initial appointment, there's more that goes into it. You don't just check that off your list and you're done. Um, obviously there's follow-up that needs to be done and you need to you know, continue to nurture that lead in order to convert them to a client. And the funny thing is I'm looking back at some of my, um, some of my current clients and I'm like, gosh, I've been working with this person for three years, this person for two years. So it's you know, really the long game, you know? Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of the local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hi, y'all. It is Jennifer Healy with the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. And today we have a special guest, Laura Snyder with American Premier Realty. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on board today and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, could you tell our listeners, um, well, first of all, just so the listeners know uh, who we're speaking with today. So Laura runs a group up in Hartford County, and she's going to go into a bit more detail there. Um, but just so you, that you know, um, Laura does a lot of listings. And when I mean a lot of listings, I'm going to say there's been, um, per my records, and please correct me if I'm wrong, we have 80 sales in the last 12 months of production. And that's just seller side production plus your buyer side production. So that's a pretty impressive number. And I really want to dig into that once we begin. Uh, but sure. I'd like to start out with, uh, could you tell us like what got you into the uh, real estate business? Absolutely. So I actually, believe it or not, um, I had purchased my first home as a for sale by owner. Okay. And as I was going through the pro process, I just kind of thought, all right, I, I understood it and, you know, everything went well, but I was like, there's got to be more to this. So anyway, my second um, transaction, I had a realtor and I thought at the end of the transaction, did he, did he earn his commission? You know, and I was thinking if this is the average realtor out there, I'm going to be a rock star because I do what I say I'm going to do. I respond promptly. I communicate effectively. Um, and all those different things kind of came together and it made me start being a little more interested. And at the time I was doing PR and marketing for a national communications firm, which was awesome. That's what I went to school for. I had interned there. I loved it. Won some awards. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, one of my clients happened to be a new home builder, and it was Beezer Homes. And when I started putting together the marketing materials for that, it just got me excited. I was more intrigued about that um, business to consumer than I was business to business, which were some of my other clients at that point. So with those you know those things kind of coming together, I decided um, you know at the point when I became a single mom, I decided to jump right into it, which is a little scary thinking back that it was a commission only business and you know I wasn't I had I had no other income but I couldn't fail so that actually set me up for success most definitely most definitely and will you tell the listeners um uh, what brokerage you work for and a little bit about what uh has you with the brokerage that you're with now Sure. So I was with, upon getting my real estate license, I started with Keller Williams because I wanted to be successful. And I, you know, had looked at a couple different companies and found that they were actually the ones with the most training. And I felt like I couldn't fail. So I wanted to make sure I was set up for success. And I really just felt as though 
um, that was the best place for me to get started. Um, so anyway, I started with Keller Williams, you know, was with them all the way through about a year and a half ago. Um, and our, our Keller Williams franchise actually dropped the franchise at that point. Um, we were going through some, some changes, our dear broker, um, Diane Mahaffey passed away. And, um, so this was one of the decisions, um, you know, the company had made as, as things were changing. So anyway, I'm still with the company now it's now called just American premier realty. So it's kind of a boutique sort of, um, agency. We don't have that many, um, agents here, about 70 that produce and it, you know, it's been a nice, um, environment. And, you know, we, we are just kind of doing our own thing. I mean, we've got a team within the brokerage and, and of course, we have the support of the brokerage. So we've been here since we dropped the franchise and, you know, things have been going well. Okay. And how many people are in your team now? So I have four agents, including me. So I'm the primary listing agent. Um, the three girls in the team, Tracy, Beth, and Amy, um, they're buyer agents for the most part. And now they do handle listings here and there. Um, and that, you know, that naturally happens. A, a lot of times we'll have clients who say, hey, I just want to work with you. You know, if it's someone who you know and trust, and we're absolutely fine with that. I like to make it easy. Um, and I want our clients to feel comfortable. We always put their needs first. Um, so anyway, it's the four agents. And then we've got um, two admin right now. So we, we had three and we're actually searching for a third at this point. Um, so that's that's kind of where we are right now. So if anybody knows of anyone looking for um, an administrative position on a you know high functioning real estate team, we would love to talk with you. Um, so we have a lot of great systems in place. Um, so really, it's just kind of a plug and play. And we're really looking for someone with some experience who's been through transactions before, because as you know, Jennifer, everything changes. I mean, it is no transaction is the same. So it's always new and different. And, you know, it's just, it's good to have had some experience to know what to expect. Oh, yes. Just having uh, the admins on the team that are able to do for you what you just can't get to in a day. They have their own job, you have your own job, but then they provide that extra level of support that when you need to get something accomplished and you can't get to it, you have that individual that can not only support you, but support your borrowers or, or your sellers in that fact yep. uh, and really give them that level of service that uh, you actually known for. So that's Absolutely. really wonderful. And I think a lot of us feel like, you know, running, like we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, um, you know, and, and that's actually the reason that I hired my first assistant. I, I thought to myself, I am, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none. I feel like I'm dropping the ball. And, um, and so that led me to hire my first assistant, which, which really did take that busy work off of me so I could focus on, you know, generating the leads and, and producing sales. So that definitely was helpful. And it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that I don't have to do this all by myself, you know, right. and the, uh, you know, your staff is really a reflection of you. And a lot of times they really make a great impression on our clients, which make them become repeat clients. Oh, so it yes. does help. Oh, yes. Well, do you have a business coach or a mentor that, that you follow or is uh, how you've become so sex successful from what you did prior to being in real estate? Yeah. So um, I would say I do a lot of training, you know, throughout every year, you know, I, I definitely sign up for training events. Um, right now um, we're working with Tom Ferry. So we do have, you know, training weekly, um, which has been great. Um, and I actually feel like, cause I had a, an individual coach previously, but I'm actually thinking about adding, you know, some more to that because I feel like, you know, for the team to kind of, you know, 
maneuver through this real current real estate market, it does take a little bit more. And it can't just be me sharing that information. I feel like it's good to kind of get the perspective of, you know, a coach who actually does things nationwide. So we kind of see what the trends are because sometimes we're not the first to see the trend, you know, and so mm -hmm. it's good to have that insight. So, yeah, I definitely um, feel like the training is, is imperative to anybody's success. And even if it's just someone to hold you accountable, whether yes. it's like a scripts partner or something like that, I definitely recommend it. Oh, that is wonderful. I love um, Tom Ferry, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, I do a lot of his trainings as well. And I love his mega open house idea. And that is just something that if you're going to spend your time on the weekend and work on the weekend, then do it right uh, and do it big. Definitely. Do it big. Yeah. I, I just love his, his, the ideas that, that are, that I hear from all the different coaching, but that's specifically in my head, just Tom Ferry, mega open house. It's just two that go together. I just love it. And Definitely. He is, if anybody's listening on this, go and put it on YouTube and pull him up. It's it's not even a five minute video. It's going to be a three minute video on how to have a mega open house. Phenomenal training. Uh, Definitely. I wanted to uh, ask. So more and more people I interview here, I'm finding out is what is your daily success plan look like? Everybody seems to be a little bit different from what they do. Uh, some people start the night before, some people start when their feet hit the ground and some people start midday. What does your daily success plan look like in your business? So on a weekly basis, obviously, you know, I treat this as a, as a job, you know, so on Monday through Friday, I'm, I'm working and oftentimes working the weekends as well. So just like you said, you want to make sure if you're going to work on the weekends, make it productive because yeah. There's other things we could be doing with our time. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, we love what we do. So mm -hmm. it makes it a little less, um, you know, less feeling like work. As far as the um, the daily activities. So I always like, I'm, I know a lot of people love um, using their phones for their calendar. I am a planner. So I, I have a physical planner that I write in every single day. I have all my appointments in there. And the night before I'm actually prioritizing and figuring out, all right, what do I have going on tomorrow? Um, what's the highest priority? And of course, you know, you have to interweave that between appointments and stuff. So I try to keep the mornings for, you know, checking the emails and getting caught up there. Um, also making some some lead generation calls. And then the rest of the day, I try and fill in those appointments. Um, obviously we can't always run our own schedule when we're dealing with other people on their schedule. So um, I have to be a little bit flexible with that, but I will say um, there is a book and I don't have it with me right now, but um, it's called the power list. And it's great because it really kind of shows each day what are your three activities that will move you forward? And you can have personal and um, business in there. And that's been really helpful to just kind of keep the eye on the prize and know exactly what's important and what we need to spend time on and what we have to accomplish in a day to feel like we're moving forward. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So is when you're talking about doing your lead gen um, and your appointments, is this something that you do Monday through Friday, every single day uh, that you focus on? Yeah. So I, I typically there each week, there's a day that I'm not doing the lead gen activities. I'm trying to put more appointments in that day because keep in mind, some of the lead gen is also lead follow-up. So once you make that, that connection or have that initial appointment, 
there's more that goes into it. You don't just check that off your list and you're done. Um, obviously there's follow-up that needs to be done and you need to you know, continue to nurture that lead in order to convert them to a client. And the funny thing is I'm looking back at some of my, um, some of my current clients and I'm like, gosh, I've been working with this person for three years, this person for two years. So it's, yeah, really the long game, you know, and it's something that you just have to come up with the right systems to stay in touch with these people and they will be your clients in the future. So I always tell other agents, you know, don't think you're wasting your time when you meet with someone and they're not ready right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously that can always happen in the future. And, you know, there are a bunch of people this year who I've met with. And obviously, you know, I, I always look at past production and goals and everything like that. And I feel like we are so slow this year. And it's the interesting part is though, I've had a lot of appointments. I just haven't had a lot of people agree to do something right now because a lot of people are waiting as we're all seeing um, because the market doesn't seem like it's conducive to selling and buying. It's okay for sellers, but not for buyers. And then people don't have a place to go. So it's been, it's been very interesting, but I am, um, you know, like I said, I look at this very long-term. So I, I don't feel like this, seasonality is, is the end of the world. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. It's just a short blip in, in the whole spectrum of everything that we do. In and the grand scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in the last 12 months, we know that the market from Maryland realtors, we are down 22% here in Maryland. And my question is, what have you and your team done to pivot during that time frame, And how have you pivoted uh, to still have amazing success in the last 12 months? Well, like I said, I don't feel like we're amazingly successful this year. However, yeah. we do have wins, you know, on a monthly and weekly basis, which we like to talk about and make sure we all remember that we're actually doing well for the market that we're in. Um, as far as pivoting, you know, we've really tried to buckle down on um, doing like reaching out to our clients. So we've been establishing our Popeyes, which we do quarterly. We were doing them monthly and it was hard to keep up with. As anybody knows who's who's doing those um you know, little things for clients. It can be a little bit overwhelming when things get busier. So um, we've tried to make it a little bit easier and we've come up with some systems that will help us with that. You know, some of the Popeyes are now being mailed and that's been helpful because it is really tough to, to get to everybody. Um, so as, as far as that's concerned, we've also added some um, really fun client events. And what we have looked at year over year, the majority of our business comes from referrals. And these referrals come from, you know, not only our business partners, but also past clients, family, and friends. So in order to kind of give back to them and stay in relationship with them, remind them that we're in the business, we've developed um, more client events than ever. So we're actually investing a lot of dollars in that. Um, and that's definitely been extremely helpful. Um, we're also trying to ramp up our social media presence, which, um, you know, that's another thing you have to be diligent about. And, um, one of the agents on our team who you've spoken with already has, has really made that her top priority and it's really been working and she's, she's, yeah, kicking butt with that. So very excited about that. And we're going to be, you know, obviously leaning more into that as well as a team, but, um, those are some of the things that I think that we've ramped up in order to continue. Um, cause you know, I, I actually love what I do and yeah, there are days it feels like work. However, for the most part, I genuinely enjoy it. And I don't plan to get out of the business anytime soon. I want to be able to do it for fun. Um, and, and also get some income, but I think for the most part, you know, we just need to think about, you know, establishing and, and really nurturing those relationships so that the long term doesn't 
feel as difficult to get clients. They'll naturally think of us if we're, you know, continuing to maintain that. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, so in this podcast, I'm, I'm specifically speaking to the top 5% of realtors in the state of Maryland, very specifically. And the, uh, the, the, the realtors that I'm speaking with, they, uh, that are very successful in that, in the top 1% seem to all have the same characteristics as they're doubling down when the market is the way it is, instead of backing off of it, as so many have gotten out of the business, they seem to be doubling down on their efforts. So I love hearing that from you uh, and that you're doing that with the increased uh, client events that you're having. How many do you think you have a year? Um, So we have six per year approximately, and we've kind of switched up. So we're doing some fun stuff. Like, you know, we like to um, support local businesses. Um, One of the ones that just opened is um, a a place that does charcuterie boards. So we're actually going to do an event teaching people how to, you know, make the little flowers and create the board. So it's pretty impressive. Um, And we're going to have a wine tasting as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can I come? I really want to come to the charcuterie. I really do. I do. We do those boards every holiday. My daughter and I do. And it is, we had a whole seafood board for Easter. It was phenomenal. Uh, so I would love, if I'm allowed to be invited, I would like to be so bold. Yes, it'll be a lot of fun. My alley. And I, yeah, absolutely. And then last year we did something that, um, that our clients wanted to come back. And that was a trip to New York city. It was great. It was so much fun. We did the bus trip up there. Everyone could kind of do their own thing, but it right. was great to just kind of have everybody in one spot, be able to say hi. We had two buses, so we couldn't see everybody, but um, it was a lot of fun. And it was definitely something that made a lot of memories as well. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. That is fabulous. Uh, so with uh, knowing that most of your business comes from referral, knowing that um, uh, that you're doing a lot of client parties. Can I can I dive in a little bit more into what you said mm-hmm. and, and see how much of your business in the last 12 months has come from referral uh, compared to lead gen? So it's approximately 80%. That's so we, we try and keep that that mark up there. And like I said, it's it's you know not only keeping that relationship going, but also doing a great job with those people who were referred to us and, and making sure they understand that, you know, we, we protect our clients and we do as great a job as we possibly can so that they are thinking about that and referring us business as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think your numbers don't lie. They are, they're showing you um, the, uh, the amount of success that you're having, especially on the listing side is just phenomenal. As I'm looking at agents numbers all across the board, you're extremely impressive uh, what you and your team are accomplishing. So do you have like a, <clears throat> you must have a to die for listing presentation um, because what you're doing, you're just, you're cornering the market um, is what I'm seeing on my side from what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm not a realtor, so I don't know what you guys do and how you do it differently. What would you say is without giving out your, what you think is your secret sauce, because I wouldn't ask right. anybody to do that. Um, but if, what do you, would you think that is causing you such amazing amount of success when it comes to the the sheer volume of listings that you're getting? Well, obviously it's going on a lot of appointments and, and here's what I'll tell you the, the past probably eight months I have seen, I've met with more sellers who are interviewing multiple agents and by multiple, it's not just two. Oh. I have several 
who have met with five agents, which is wow. crazy to me, you know, and, and I asked the question, so what makes you feel like you need to interview five agents? And a lot of times they're like, well, we just want to make sure we get um, the lowest commission. And typically that's, that's the conversation. And, oh. and it's, obviously something that we deal with all the time. So it's really trying to prove that we provide a great deal of value. And when, you know, we, we run our statistics and stuff, we're typically selling above our list price. And it's not because we price it way, way too low. There are times when it makes sense to price it a little bit lower and create that auction effect. But, um, what I, what I tell all of them is, you know, you'd rather list in your sweet spot to get the most money, then overprice it and then chase the market. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when they're listening and they, they like the honesty, because I will say I've lost several listings and those homes have sat on the market because they're overpriced. And I, and I, you know, check back and kind of follow up to see what they ultimately will settle for. And nine times out of 10, it's where I told them. And so I think they appreciate the honesty when it comes to telling them what their home is actually worth and what I believe I can get for it. And I, I do like to under promise and over deliver. Um, so I definitely don't like to tell people, you know, that we're going to shoot for the moon and get it. If I, you know, not hundred percent confident, especially because the market's been changing so much. So right. yeah, I definitely feel like, um, it's, you know, partially the honesty that comes along with it. And it's also, you know, I, I think we have a lot of great realtors, um, you know, some are getting out, which is, is probably the best thing for them, but, um, the ones who, if they happen to mention people, you know, I'm always supportive of those folks. So, you know, if it's, um, Hey, we're meeting with so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so -and, -so, and I, always, I always say, you've got three great choices to choose from, you know, so you can't really go wrong. Here's why I feel like you, you might want to work with me, but you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of good agents out there. And, and luckily I think in this region, we have, you know, a really good group of agents around. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I thank you for sharing that. Um, and that. I'm just so excited um, about that. And I had only heard from one other agent about the um, this the sellers interviewing so many different agents at this time. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, you mentioning that the the seller mentioned that it was the lowest commission that he was looking for that hadn't been shared with me yet. Uh, okay. So that's very important information, I think. Um, I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about a car. Um, my son was looking to buy a car and he said, good cars aren't cheap and cheap cars aren't good. And I think the same thing could be said when we're um, talking about somebody that's just looking for the cheapest oh, yeah. commission uh, because y'all are worth your value. And the, the agents that uh, have a marketing plan and are making sure that certain things are done, proper photos are being taken, stations being taken, that doesn't come cheap. That comes at a cost. It's whether that cost is they, they, that the seller finds it valuable. Right. And I think it's really just kind of um, re reiterating, you know, what we do provide. Because a lot of times, I mean, I've seen some for sale by owners lately and sure they've gotten the job done, but did they leave money on the table? Mm -hmm. And and that's the biggest question, you know? So I think, um, you know, you were absolutely right in what you said. I like that um, analogy you know, about the good cars, um, oh. aren't cheap and cars aren't good. Um, yeah. I, I really believe that. And honestly, you know, what I've been evaluating is what else can we add, um, Ooh, value on that. like what, how else can we make this a great experience? And there are some things that we're tossing around right now and researching. And I think that, um, this coming year, I'm actually really excited for 2024. Cause I think we're going to be implementing some new stuff that, um, 
you know, would be a win-win, you know, it's actually going to help, you know, the community, it's going to help, you know, some other things. So I'm not going to go into that right now, but we've definitely got some good stuff kind of up our sleeves that we're, that we're working on. Oh, I love that. I love it. We'll have a part two and have you on in 2024 as well. (laughs) Um, I'm excited about that. Um, So we did talk a little bit about the different trends that you're seeing in the marketplace uh, with the sellers um, at this time. And I think that's so valuable. And feel free to steal that little quote that my friend gave me. Definitely. Uh, about the car. Uh, feel free to, because that was a good one. When he told me that, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that. I like that oh, a yeah. lot. Um, so are, is there any new technology that you and your team have utilized over the last 12 months that is maybe not new, but maybe just simply new to your team? So we've been actually using chat GPT and it's, <gasps> it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we're, we're still playing around with it, but it's, it's definitely something that we, we have, you know, on hand for sure. I, I, I really am liking it. it. It's a little, it's a little scary. I will be honest with you. I'm a little frightened by it. Uh, but I love how I can just say, write a post uh, for LinkedIn, uh, talk about uh, Q3 of 2023 in the state of Maryland. And it pops me up uh, something to note in there. Um, I do that. I can also put a spin on it and say, it. you know, put it in the, um, the words of Carl White, my, my business coach, or I could say, we could say, put it in the words of Tom Ferry. So we use their vernaculars, which is totally creepy and yet totally cool at the same time. Exactly. And I love that. Or something on their responses, but it's still, still yeah. applies. You know, a yeah. lot of it is um, still quality. So yeah, oh, yeah. I definitely. Um, it's inter- It's scary, but interesting for sure. Oh, did so. you have it make a workbook yet? Because it can make a workbook for you. I was like, I, oh. I was shocked. Like I had to make a workbook for me and I did the different chapters oh, in the workbook. Right. It's all, it's all created for you. It's pretty amazing. I have to tell you. Yeah. And the more you work with it, the better, right? So Most I mean, definitely. understanding it, it, it learns, it learns you and what questions to ask. And then you can, you can ask it to ask you additional questions or um, to tell me if I'm not being specific enough and it will do that to you. Like it's, it lo- that's when it gets freaky, a little, little, little scary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that happens. Uh, so what uh, the goals that you have for your team going forward as we close out that you're open to share? Um, we're recording this the very beginning of September um, and of 2023. So I want to see what goals are you true, you and your tra- team trying to knock out in the next three and a half months? So we do want to finish uh, stronger than the beginning of the year. So of course, you know, we're behind um, where we like to be so that, you know, two years ago we had a $115 million a year and then $110 million a year. And I want to see that. I, I want to get back to that. Then we were 90. So we're definitely, you know, slower than we have been. Um, but I feel like we've got good momentum right now. And that's what we've been talking a lot about. I think the biggest thing is plugging in that transaction coordinator um, to help support our businesses. And that's number one on my list is to get a quality candidate in place so that we have that support. Because honestly, the the better our support staff is, the better we are. You know, mm-hmm. they, they take a lot off our plate so that we can focus on the money-making activities. And that's where we are right now. And, and I think, you know, I'd rather take a little bit of time to find the right person in order to go into 2024 feeling confident and strong and and the fact that we have what we need in place to be successful. So that's um probably the biggest thing in in um 
what we've been discussing as a team is finishing strong and being prepared for next year. Cause I'm seeing next year be a, um, ne- I have a feeling next year will be one of our best years. I believe so too. I, those people that stick it out, I do believe it's going to be for everybody in our industry that sticks it out. I think it's going to be exactly. a year. Um, I'm, and I'm quite honestly, I'm a little nervous for those that don't enter the market, those, the buyers and sellers that don't, because I think yeah. there's going to be a, such a flux when the when the rates drop and that everyone runs back to the market. I think the values are even going to go higher than they are. I think they're going to skyrocket. Um, I think that rates are going to get more aggressive than they are now and go a little bit lower. I think that's going to happen, but I think those values are going to go up and people um, are not considering that when they're thinking about this um, and they're not planning properly. And I think that's yeah. that's what Beth and I were talking about, about getting the message out there to people, because if they're not doing this, what's what will happen in the spring? Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the important parts, you know, to think about, we've got some first time home buyers who are paying exorbitant amounts for rent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the conversation with them is, well, what if we can get you to own a property for that amount or less or something close to it? Oh, yeah. And once they agree to that, it makes it easier because then we can find something that matches that search criteria. But I think they've gotten their mind that, oh, it's just too expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. And they're not thinking that it's too expensive to rent. You know, sure. you, you, you date the rate, you marry the house, let's find yeah. the right house. And then we know that we can refinance you down the road. Yes. So yeah, Those I definitely, definitely. See, I mean, that's going to be a big, um, amount of the lender business is going to be refinances once the rates, you know, come to a reasonable um, mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, it, it definitely, I know my daughter still look and she's been looking for two years, making offers, not getting offers accepted. And, um, but they're still searching them. They're still out there. Uh, exactly. It, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, for a lot of people right now, because, mm-hmm. and then you don't want the buyer fatigue where they've submitted, you know, 10 offers and they keep getting beat out and they're just, you know, just frustrated and done. I think a lot yeah. of that is, you know, the agents have to have the conversation with the, with the buyer to say, look, it's okay. You know, we always find, and I don't know, you know, what your thoughts are about this, but it seems like you always get the house you're meant to have. Mm-hmm. I have we've had so many clients say, oh my God, it's so good that we didn't get the house that we, you know, fell apart about because we didn't get it. This is the right one for us. And, and that happens more times than I, I care to admit, like, I, but I do honestly feel like it happens for a reason. And, you know, if they can just stick it out, you know, they'll get the right property. Exactly. They just got to be true to what they're looking for. I think that's really important. It really mm-hmm. is. Sure. Um, Thank you so very much for sharing with us your goals, a little bit about your team. Is there anything I should have asked you uh, today that I haven't that you would like to share with the community? That's a great question. Um, I would say, um, you know, just as far as agent to agent, you know, if this is, you know, speaking with agents, I, as a listing agent, I love buyer agents who communicate, not even, um, not even talking about after the contract is accepted before, you know, I think that makes such a big difference. And we found that on, you know, when we're representing buyers um, going into listings, if you just have the conversations with the listing agent, you know, to understand what the sellers are looking for, to know what the hot buttons are, it goes such a long way. I can't tell you how many agents will submit offers on listings that I have without having a conversation, not even telling me that they're writing an offer. They just send it. And they, 
they didn't hit the hot buttons that I will put in agent remarks in the documents in a separate, you know, separate sheet. And it's, it's funny. It's like just some of the times those simple conversations will win you, you know, a contract. And in a competitive market like this, it's good to have any, you know, any extra input that you can to make it quality um, deal for your seller and your buyer, I guess. So um, I would say having that communication is, is big. Um, and that's something that I've noticed at least. Oh, um, the other thing I, I, you know, I think um, as far as area, I know we um, chatted a little bit about, you know, area that we cover. Um, clearly we are located in Bel Air, which is in Harvard County, Maryland. And um, I would say, you know, we're, what we're finding is a lot of our people who we work with are wanting a vacation property or, you know, we've got parents of our friends who are downsizing and moving um, out of state. So um, what, what I have been working on is getting a good referral network. Um, if it is in a state that we're not licensed in, which currently we're in, um, Pennsylvania and Delaware, which has been great. Um, so we're actually doing more work, um, in, in those areas and being able to bring that as an extra value to our clients. So, um, so those people who come back to us time and time again, we can let them know. I, I mean, we've sold, you know, in ocean city multiple times this year. Um, so I think it's important to, kind of keep those options open and, and not to forget about your referral business because you know that's a nice source of business if you have clients moving out of town don't just say goodbye say can I help you find a great realtor there because a lot of times they're going to rent first and then buy something I've had that happen multiple times this year where they haven't even started looking you know when they buy they just want to get the home sold have the cash in the bank and then make a decision you put put them together with a great agent in that area you know that's future income for you and, um, and it's also developing that referral relationship. So we've done a lot of that this year. Uh, nobody has, has brought that fact up while we, while doing this podcast. So I so appreciate you bringing that up. Good. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, if people are interested in, uh, they have an admin for you. Um, or, or they're interested in knowing more about your team and how your team functions, if it's something that they may interest, be interested in joining a team, um, how are the people to contact you? So our website is um, www.laurasniderhomes.com, and that's homes with an S. My email address is laurasniderhomes at gmail.com, um, and you'll find my phone number on, um, on the website as well. So you can submit an inquiry, send an email, whatever, whatever you'd like, but yeah, any tips or, um, recommendations are appreciated. Cause like I said, we definitely want to hire, you know, a quality, quality person to join the team. And honestly, it can be a realtor who's, um, you know, looking to, you know, continue their business and then, you know, add, add a salary in on top of that. So we're, we're definitely, um, flexible and looking for the right people, you know, Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. And, and for those listeners, I'm going to ask you two things, please. Number sure. one, please forward this um, uh, this uh, podcast on whichever platform you're listening to, to two of your colleagues that would find it valuable. And the second thing I'm going to ask is for you to leave an honest review of the time that Laura and I had together and let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know what other additional questions that we should be asking the top 5% of agents in the state of Maryland. Um, and if there's somebody else that you would like us to interview, we are open to that. Until next time, thank you all. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. 
we'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it, and I'll thank you for it too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 